you see wildlife and you get that rush of adrenaline you know if that's a pine martin or if that's an otter or if that's a kingfisher flying down a, a riverbank you know um so I, I definitely do think that there's something spiritual there welcome to nature magic today i'm speaking to connor ruan connor is a community water officer with the local authorities waters program covering galway and south ross common he works with voluntary groups to support projects focused on the protection of rivers, lakes, coastal and groundwater. Connor previously worked as a freshwater ecologist, carrying out ecological surveys and river restoration works. Connor is managing the East Galway Water Biodiversity Project that I have been attending, a citizen science project that gives the public simple tools to check water quality and identify pollution sources. Through kick tests that disturb the riverbed, aquatic invertebrates are netted and counted. The three good guys, the stonefly, flattened mayfly and green caddisfly, are scored against the three baddies, the waterlouse, leech and snail, to give a traffic light score of poor, moderate or good. Hi Connor, thanks so much for being on the podcast and speaking up for the rivers and the waterways. And um, where are you talking to us from today? Thanks very much, Mary, for having me, and hello to all your listeners. I'm actually uh, calling from Foxford, uh, County Mayo, uh, which is uh, where I'm from at the minute. Uh, this is uh, this is where I've grown up, I suppose. Um, I do cover Galway and South Roscommon, though. So anybody listening out, please don't hold it against me that I'm from Mayo. Uh, <laughs> well, I think we've now, with COVID, we've been put back in our box on Zoom now. Uh, with some restrictions and things so it's it's very annoying but there's lots of projects lots of things going on and the way I I met Connor is there's a wonderful project in East Galway called the East Galway Water Biodiversity Project is that right yep training yep yep and there's training and we've been looking at water quality in the area so we're going to go over that but first of all how did you get into the environmental line of work uh, well, I suppose without giving you my whole life story, um, I I grew up here in um, in a garden nursery, um, and both my parents were very um, much involved in horticulture. So my dad would have been a landscaper, and my mom worked in the botanic gardens in Dublin, uh, and we grew up in a town in in, in Foxford here in Mayo. And um, so when I was very young, I was always going out about with mom and dad, uh, working with plants, getting to know. Uh, the different names of plants, you know, digging up soil and and trying to look at all the different insects. Um, I have a very vivid memory of 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 being out with my dad, and he, he dug up some soil, and that that devil's coach horse beetle uh, dropped out of it. And I remember being stunned at the time as a kid, and just being totally obsessed about this beetle that looked like a scorpion almost. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, People are always putting it up on Facebook, going ah. Oh, what's this? I just found it. It is really intimidating looking. <laughs> yeah, so like I suppose I've I've always had a, a vivid interest or, or, or high interest in, in nature, and um, I come from a, a town that's on the Moy, on the River Moy, and fishing is a big part of I suppose the, the culture of the town and and the economics of the town, and we've lots of really nice uh, lakes and um, uh, locks around us, such as Loch Conn, Loch Cullen. Uh, Callow Lake and I would have spent years I suppose in summer times uh, as a kid fishing those lakes and uh, not catching much in fairness <laughs> but um, enjoying the time out and about as a kid you know um, so 
uh, that's kind of how I really got an interest in, in the freshwater side of things, I, you could say. Uh, and um, I've always had an interest in, and that's that I suppose I, I, I started working in ecology after school then after college and I worked as a, as an ecologist for different companies and uh, sometimes different state agencies on lots of different projects and then I joined Law Pro um, nearly nearly a year and a half ago so uh, yeah well, it sounds it sounds beautiful around there with all the lakes and everything and how is the fishing these days um, so the Moy system would actually be still one of the best in the country now um, anecdotally you know over the years it has uh, dropped, you know, like I suppose with the moy drainage, and you know, some people would tell me that you know it, it changed after that, you know, but it's hard to quantify because we don't have baseline data maybe from before that. But um, I know last year I think they had a patchy enough season. It's very much dependent on the the weather and the run and the fish and that sort of thing. Um, but you know, I suppose fish species around the country uh, are under pressure, you know, because it, it's all linked, I suppose, to water quality and and habitats and uh, and the deterioration of that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why this project, which I'm on at the moment, is so interesting because it's a citizen science stream index project. So you can anybody can get a net and see mm. the little creatures like the flattened mayfly and things like that and see the quality of the water and log it. So you're training mm. a few people who are then going to train more people in the community and we'll get all these bits of data across the country and see exactly what is happening and you know where there's outlets of sewage that have been unnoticed. You'll see a drop in the quality. There could be a pipe under a bush that you know is yeah. happily happily discharging away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly it yeah like it's it's just about having more eyes on the ground i suppose you know and the more people that are and even you know if if you're down at a site and um you might see something that might be untoward or, or serious pollution you know you can always phone that into the council then you know so it's it's about reconnecting people with their water body again and 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 getting people out there uh you know to do it in and and this data that we're recording you know it is it is uh verified by uh, ucc so it's, it is that it's not just an awareness tool it's it's something that you know we can as you said, local people can do, and you can, we can hopefully log it then in, in catch in a catchment setting, setting and um, use that data then f- to to establish how our smaller streams are 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 are, are, are surviving. You know, so yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a really valuable tool for local communities and um, agencies going forward. Hopefully, yeah, and it's tried and tested, and it's very easy for people to do, and it's also a lot of fun. I mean, we've had yeah. a lot of a lot of fun on the field trips doing it. Uh, and so interesting yeah. seeing what's there. And um, Kieran, who's doing the course on the, the Zoom course, told us about the app See It, Say It, which is the EPA app now that you can just log on to and you can report if there's a pollution um, instance or something yeah, or something yeah, that, like that. That's that's a very useful app. I've do I've used that myself. Um, if it's within hours, you know, if you're or if you're uh, if you've spotted pollution during the daytime as well, um, you can always ring up your your environmental county council or the environmental section of your county council. They have the legislative powers to to inspect it. If you're using the See It Say It app, it will it will eventually get to the right people. If it's the council, it will get to them. So that's very useful as well. 
So um, um, uh, there, there's kind of, I suppose, different avenues to report different types of pollution, you know. Uh, but if it's water pollution, uh, the environmental section of the county council would have a remit under the Water Pollution Act. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So um, if it's a serious thing, um, bring in mm. rather than put it through the app. Um, yes, yeah. Yes, so yes. just finding out a bit more about you. Have you got a favourite plant or animal? I uh, I I do. I've met, this was a very hard. This is a very hard question. It is a hard one. <laughs> no one likes answering this one. No, but it's just really no. to talk about something that you're interested in yeah. or really catches your imagination. It, of course, yeah. No, I um I suppose um I I would have uh, spent a few years as I say as an ecologist carrying out surveys on rivers. And an animal that really interested me was the otter, um, and largely because you you wouldn't see it. You know, like it's so it's a nocturnal animal. Uh, you might see the signs, or you, you might be out the morning uh, on a riverbank, and you'll see the the, the prints, but you, you largely not won't see it, or you might see it sprint. Uh, and it has this kind of mysterious quality about it, you know, um, and uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a sign of a healthy river. I suppose it needs uh, fish populations to survive. It had been, uh, you know, a very much um, uh, predated and hunted species in the past. And the populations were down across Europe. Thankfully, it's coming back in, in Ireland and we have healthy populations in Ireland. Um, and it's 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 a pretty cute animal. <laughs> my book when when you see when you see the play it in that yeah um, oh they're absolutely uh, they're lovely on my 50th birthday my um husband borrowed a kayak because i wanted to go around kimbara bay and i'd heard oh, there were otters by the old castle so that's the ruin on the other little island and she'll be getting into the kayak and, uh, and we met a couple of people and they're like oh you'll never see otters and they're not there anyway but you'll never see them Right. So we paddled around the corner of the castle and the next thing a little head popped up. I was no so, way. yeah, I was chuffed. Wow. So amazing. I, well, I, in all my time, I've, I've only ever seen one once or twice. So it, it, it's, and, and when you do see them, you, it really stops you dead in your tracks. And, yeah, and I suppose you have that lovely uh, connection with them then. Like, and um, I, the first time I've seen one was up on Donegal. And uh, it must have been a juvenile because it was quite small. And it, 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 it to have this lo- lovely ability to um, glide in the water, you know, and, and not break the surface of the water. And it swam over this this weir. And it was so, um, I suppose, they look more elegant out inside water than they do outside water. And it just nipped across this weir. And before I knew it, I was like, that was an otter. <laughs> you know, wow. and it was already gone. Yeah. gone downstream. So, so dynamic um, with the water. It just yeah, flowed with the water. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had um, I had looked into doing rescue and release, uh, a rescue and release project here for otters uh, because okay. we've got the turlock and we'd have to build a little facility. And then when I looked into how, obviously, if we get some rescued otters, because they have to be kept mm. for about a year because apparently they have no common sense for a year. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they're liable to do anything after a year, they're like grown up. Um, but you have to keep <laughs> them for a year, otherwise they haven't a hope. But the yeah. amount of fish they eat, so there'd be a big yeah. fundraising drive for fish if we did get them. Uh, it hasn't yeah. happened yet, but I would love to try and help them out. Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're lovely. They're they're amazing creatures. Like um, and and there I, there is that whole um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Dorvarku kind of legend out in Omi Island. No, so it's apparently this tell is, us about it. Yeah, like I I don't know huge. I'm not a historian or. Or, but this kind of caught my imagination and I don't for as as an ecologist <laughs> not, I don't believe in this animal now but it is a very nice story um 
the uh, so it's the door of our coup, but it's it, apparently it was a seven to eight foot long dog otter that lived out in Omi Island, and there was a few different sightings over the years of it, and uh, it goes back in the old Irish history as like this half. Uh, otter half dog creature uh, I think it means water hound and um, it was known to have like done you know killed many a person on the side of a beach or, or river or, or that um, and, and I suppose it's, it's kind of one of those stories that kind of captures the imagination I suppose it might have been you know people just out and about at night time that might have seen a dog otter but then because they're out at night time, their imagination takes over and it goes from four feet long to seven feet long, you know, to eight feet long. So, um, yeah, who, who knows? That's where is yeah. Omi? Where's Omi Island? Omi Island is off the coast of uh, Galway. Um, okay. So it's, it's, it's out in, in Cleggan Bay uh, and it's an island that uh, you can reach at only at certain times because it's um, it's tidal and there's a, 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 a sandbar that goes out to it. Uh, but a, like history on the island goes back 3000 years. Like there's old, old uh, settlements here and there's old metallistic tombs. So the island itself is like, do you know, full of culture and full of history, you know, uh, and there's an old ruin of a church out there as well. So, um, it's, it's, it's a very nice island. I, I was actually lucky enough to go out there myself this summer. Um, I was, I was camping there close to it. So it's, it's lovely. Oh, very but, cool. um, there's a lady who is up on the folklore around here. And she said mm. that there was a story about a giant otter in the Turlock on the farm. Now I haven't seen really? it in print, um, but perhaps it's a, a fable that kind of crops up here and there. And I think she was saying that there were so many drownings. Drowning was the number one cause of death for a long time because oh. people obviously were down at the water. They're washing their clothes. They were getting water and their clothes were so heavy. They were getting soaked in water and pulling them in. Um, yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah. some fables of stories like what happened. Oh, yes, it was that dreadful dog otter that <laughs> pulled yeah. her in. <laughs> Well, there were also story I I I remember hearing about it was because there is these stories along the west coast apparently of a, of the Dover Coo or whatever it's called, and apparently there was an old farmer that found his wife that was drowned in 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 a lake, you know, uh, a similar story where the daughter dragged dragged her in, and there was another story about a guy who was coming home from the pub one night and he fought off a, a giant dog otter with a knife, you know, <laughs> with a few pints in it. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. if I'd believe him. <laughs> I don't think his account is very credible. <laughs> Did he have a witness? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I think he might have just been fighting himself, maybe, on the way up to the pub. Oh, that's really funny. Um, do you have any profound experience in nature that um, in your life that you'd like to tell us about or spiritual um, kind of encounter? I, I suppose, like, I've been very lucky... Uh, being an oncologist uh like looking at like i've been surveyed the clarney lakes i've i've surveyed loch carb uh with the epa in that and and there has been moments where i've gone wow i'm so lucky to have a job like this and to, to be out in 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 in, in nature and I, find, I do find that a very grounding experience you know um i feel i feel like you know that you some and when I when I used to live in cities, I, I'd feel like I'd have to get out to you know to a hike or or go out to a lake or trying to reconnect with nature because I do feel like it has that um 
uh, relaxing, uh, you know, uh, feeling when when you do go out in nature. So I I think it's 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 kind of in all of us, I suppose, to to, to have that want every so often. So, um, I would say that, you know, uh, getting out in nature is 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 probably the most beneficial thing you can do. It's like almost like a um a pre premeditative um uh, mental health service that we can have, you know. Um, and uh, in, in the, in, I, I know we were looking at a report that came out with QNBO, another organization that operates around Kinvara, and they looked at the, the benefits of getting out into blue, um, blue spaces uh, and how that could relate to, you know, actually uh, an economic uh, cost for the, 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 the country because it prevents people from, you know, um, you know, from uh, uh, I suppose mental illness in one way. You know, and and we've all heard from sea swimmers and and swimmers in general about the benefits of getting out uh, into into the water. And I do find that, like, uh, we, we live um, close enough here to Westport, and during the summer, <laughs> most evenings we could get when the evenings were long, we were going out for swims and that. And um, it that that's really it's really re, it re zeros you. I kind of feel like I'm really refreshed after doing that. Um, and also when I see wildlife, when I like, there's nothing better than that connection with, and it kind of stops you in your tracks and re-energizes you. It must be some sort of kind of, I don't know, uh, prehistoric thing where you, you see wildlife and you get that rush of adrenaline, you know, if that's a pine martin or if that's an otter or if that's a kingfisher flying down a, a riverbank, you know. Um, so I, I definitely do think that there's something spiritual there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to say there. But I mean, I totally agree that water can, for one thing, can just wash away your troubles. Um, And I was in Galway City in the docks recently. So, you know, built up, there's a big crane lifting steel into a mountain of steel. And I saw a kingfisher. Wow. Uh, And you just know that little blue kind of dart and it gets you right in the heart. You are like, what's it doing? And it's a good sign. (laughs) It is, yeah. No, it's great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and even just before the podcast, I had um, sort of 20 minutes and I was trying to set up the email on the phone and it was doing my head in. And I poor people who work in IT all the time because I'd only been at it for about sort of half an hour. And I thought, have I got time to just go outside and have a quick walk around? And I feel yeah. completely better after that. But it, the yeah. IT frazzles your head and it gets you into your head, doesn't it? So you're it just does. like... yeah. Yeah, yeah. It does. It, I, I, I don't know what it's about. About when and when you do get outside, then you, you the fresh air and it takes a while. It takes like a five five minutes or so for you to actually settle down and and start. Um, like I, I follow Ray Mears's pod uh, uh book on on Audible. Um, he's the the tracker from BBC and he's done lots of different programs and he talks about that. You know when you when you grow out into. Uh, ecology and an old boss or uh, into the environment and an old boss of mine you say this as well you, you kind of need to set yourself in in the environment let the let the uh, nature actually uh you know get used to you like let the birds get used to you so they'll start appearing you know um whereas like if you just walk through nature and and you're not really connecting with it you won't see as much you know so you kind of let, have to let it nearly come to you almost you know mm, that's actually a really good tip just to give it a few minutes and settle in and sort of yeah. blend into the its own energy or whatever it is. Yeah. Rather than because as of, you walk down a path, you're frightening everything away anyway. Because it's going exactly. ah, human, human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, get out of its way. Yeah, yeah. very much so. 
Um, do you have, so what could you suggest for people to help nature or support the environment? Uh, anything perhaps to do with rivers or it doesn't have to be anything at all? Yeah, I suppose like conversations, I suppose, are the big thing, you know, um, having conversations at the dinner table and like it, it doesn't you don't necessarily have to be, you know, um, out pounding the streets. And but it, it's the little kind of wins, and I suppose, and, and talk raising awareness about certain topic, topics. And some people might have interest in water. Some people might have interest in, in, in biodiversity and the bees and etc. But it's all really linked, you know, um, and I suppose it, it's just trying to raise that awareness generally with the the, the the public in the wider remit so it's just having conversations with people I suppose is, is the one thing that we would try and encourage and uh, we try and uh, with the our organization it, it, it was kind of part of the water framework directive and what the water framework directive it, it's kind of unique piece of legislation where it has all uh, all communities and everybody having a direct uh, you know say in how their um, waters are managed uh, and one thing that we have coming up that is called the river basin management plan consultation and that's a plan I suppose that uh, we've uh, or that we haven't decided upon but the department have decided upon about how we um, manage our rivers and lakes so we'll be out uh, canvassing people for those views, for their opinions in the next, I suppose, six months. Uh, and we had hoped to do that in person, but now it's going to be uh, as, uh, done through Zoom. Uh, and we will be doing some um, stakeholder meetings as well to try and really um, get from the community how they, what they see as the, the major issues and how we resolve them. Yeah. Uh, so conversations and, mm. and, and keeping it keeping it up uh, in people's minds is probably the biggest thing. Yeah, and I think that's really great what you're doing. Sort of conversations rather than preaching at people. And even this course that you're doing now, you could see it's a variety of people that are on it are on it from young people to old people, but they're all desperate to tell what's happening in their area, you know, and all mm. the mm. things that they're worried about and concerned about. They want to give it a voice. So. Um, it's great that it's sort of an interactive kind of a process. Yeah, like we, we'd be very much a ground up organisation like and um, uh, like people on the ground go back to the citizen science uh, 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 work as well. People on the ground have just as much to say uh, in the conversation as as the agencies, as the scientists, um, because they're out there every day experiencing it, you know, and and, and they have the they have the, the long term view of it as well. So um, it, it's very much something that we try and kind of um, promote, you know, that ground up approach, that collaborative approach, if it's a plan or a project, you know, trying to work with the community on it, you know. Mm, yeah it, it's a tricky one as well because it can raise hackles you know um some people along say one river section might be saying oh well there's a dairy farm up there and there's an outlet into the river and that's causing pollution and then of course the dairy farmer has to support himself and that's not very uh he doesn't want people reporting him to the you know so it is all very yeah. kind of well that that's yeah no it is it is, yeah, and I suppose um, we 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 tr- you know we try and support the winds. We we can I suppose uh, help our. We have a project in 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 Headford, even let's say that uh, where the anglers are working with the farmers on a tree planting project. So um, and 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 then we have a catchment science team as well that identify uh, significant pressures in maybe it it could be agricultural areas, it could be forested areas, but they uh, identify the the issue and they work with the farm. Um, because nine times out of ten you know 
people just want to do the, the thing that's right, you know. Uh, and if they get the the right kind of support, that, and that's usually just advice, that it'll turn around. Um, so we would work with Chagas quite a lot on identifying where the issue might be and then Chagas goes in as the trusted intermediary uh, in terms of the farming community uh, to give them tips and tricks on how they can improve things on their farm uh, and then possibly then we can come in with uh, communities and and provide provide a, a, a catchment based kind of uh, idea and and tr- one thing we try and focus on is 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 is, is identify or telling people that they you know we're all in a catchment and we're all we all have a role to play in, I suppose, improving uh, things for water quality, you know. It's very easy to kind of ignore your own septic tank because you don't want to spend 10000 fixing it. But you might have a well next door to it or the neighbour might have a well next door to it. You know, things out of sight, out of mind is, is a bit of a mm-hmm. hard one. Um, but there's yeah. a fabulous project in New Zealand that the seal sanctuary lady, Melanie Croce, um, they so they're kind of trying to copy this. And it was the fishermen in New Zealand that found that their catch had suddenly gone completely down. And it's very fertile kind of hill lands coming down into that bay. And they realized that there was pollution coming from the farms. So they worked with all the farmers up the hills and planting trees in, they call them, isn't it, riparian corridors. Yeah, that's it. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they had a very simple, it's been going on for sort of 20 years or something, very simple way of testing. It was just like, how much did they catch? And then the catch mm. went up, up and up. And, it, right. and the farmers were happy to plant the trees. And so there was no digging, no drainage, no, you know, fining anybody. They just sorted it out naturally. Um, so mm. they're actually, the seal sanctuary in Wexford is doing a project planting trees on on oh, river banks and things to try and help um, the ocean, basically. Yeah, that's that's excellent. It's great to hear those good news stories. Like that's that's something that we'd love to kind of harness, I suppose, in them. Um, in 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 Gola here, and we work with um as I said, we work with angling groups quite a lot, uh, 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 and they have uh, connections with the local community, you know, to uh, to to identify those projects. Um, and we have a community water development fund actually that we can help communities source, you know, the materials so we could source the the plants or the trees or the bit of fencing that might need to be done. Uh, but we also kind of liaise with the different relevant agencies to ensure, like, you know, say the farmer might might not get, um, you know, penalised, you know, so they can still retain their single farm payment in that, uh, which is a is is a big, you know, uh, you know, part to play in it. So we're not. You know, uh, saying to the farmer that you might reduce reduce your productivity or reduce your uh, your payments, that you can work around that. Mm. You know, and and we're and it's a win win. It's a win win. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because um, obviously in this area of Galway, there has been flooding issues, and some houses have been flooded over the years, and there were some other drains historically that have gone blocked, and we also have a motorway, so you know the whole floodwater thing has changed, um, but the they're desperately trying to cut channels to get the water out to the sea. And I'm I'm trying to look back up the hills, up to Derry Bryan and think, where could we actually add more trees to stop the floods yeah. actually coming down? So I'd love them to look at it from both both points of view. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the Gort uh, floods. are It's a very tricky um, situation, I suppose. Like on, on one hand, you have... 
uh, communities that are, you know, worried through its end because, you know, they're potentially, um, you know, might get flooded. Uh, and it's, it, it, you know, there's some houses there that have been there 200 years and they've never been flooded. Um, and, and we have this added complication of climate change and the volume of water. Um, I do know for that particular assessment that they looked at upstream measures because uh, I, I was talking to the council about this and I was talking to Matt McDonald, the the, the, the consultants, and, and they looked at it unfortunately. They said that the level of input um, wouldn't be enough to uh, guarantee. And I suppose that's the thing they have to guarantee to the locals mm-hmm. that there'll never be a flooding incident again. Uh, so I think when they did their multi-criteria analysis, um, that this was the only solution, unfortunately, at this occasion. Um, but it is something that we're trying to work on. Uh, I know I'm working with the, um, a group in the uplands there in the Slivaktis, the Avon Dulica group, and they are carrying out citizen science projects on. They've learned, they've done lots of different surveys. They're learning more about their, their woodland there. And what they're hoping to do eventually is is plant more native woodland because a lot of it is quite uh, um, uh, heavily forested. Uh, so that's a nice project that we're working on at the minute. At the minute, they're just trying to really establish what's going on up there and and see where they can incorporate more native woodland. Um, so they're doing the kick sampling and they're doing they're testing out the, the, the those methods up there. Uh, so that's hopefully something that we can work with. That you know, eventually we might be able to restore some of that native woodland. Yeah, um, and that would might feed into the to help the flooding even though we're going to have these big drains built anyway, but, you know, to hit it from both, both kind yeah. of tactics. Yeah. 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 Very much so. And um, the, like, I think um, we're, we're the, the, the agencies are very much um, looking towards green solutions now. Like we were involved with the CARO office, the climate change office on training for um, uh, local authorities on flood risk management. And we would have shown them different case studies from, from the Donegal in a shown trust on, on nat- uh, natural flood management because natural flood management has multiple benefits for water quality as well and habitats, biodiversity and that. So um, the conversations, I suppose, are, are you know are changing i suppose um uh what we're unfortunately in ireland we're at a stage now where we have a couple of case studies but we don't have the uh the large-scale catchment uh natural flood mitigation to point to um data where we can show this this has worked in this catchment you know uh so unfortunately we're a little bit behind the curve in in an irish context on that but you'll probably need a, a sea change in the next while to to get that data so when the engineers are making their assessments they can go this will guarantee that you know the, the communities won't have a flood in, 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 of of that sort of magnitude um, so we're, we're unfortunately a little bit way, way off that yet but something that we're us and law pro are, are working towards is trying to get those um uh i suppose exemplar projects off the ground mm. so we can point towards then in the future that's great. Yeah, that would be wonderful to have that data. And even, as you said, the conversations around, because we have a new river walk um, at Gort, which is really lovely. And there's a, commu- it's a big community project and um, it's fantastic. It's a great new amenity for the village and everyone's coming from far and wide to do the river walk. Um, 
there may be a little misunderstanding about biodiversity and that you know how the river is a corridor for biodiversity because now it's like oh clear it we want to see the view you know let's get rid of all this bushy stuff and um, so i think the conversations not preaching or anything just people are genuinely interested and they want to yeah. do the right thing as yeah. you say so you yeah. know just to get the conversations flowing about that yeah and there's always a balance to be struck there you know and 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 uh, you know we would very much promote like reconnect to people with waterways and 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 uh, but i suppose doing that in a sustainable way is, is is and that's where we try and i suppose work with communities you know uh, we're working with an, a community in ockram on a climate action park we would funded a feasibility study where they can uh they, they kind of came to us with the, a set plan of what they wanted to do but it was very much hard engineered uh structures and now we've kind of worked with the colleges there to uh let the sections of the 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 site reboiled uh, and avoid some of the more important areas like there was a wet grassland on site that we're avoiding now and and, and um we're working with uh, establishing a, a native hay meadow uh, on site which was the, the native habitat that probably would have been there for generations before it um so that they're kind of like the, the avenues where the law uh, our organization law pro can get in and work with um work with communities mm. on you know that sounds amazing i mean obviously in this area it's difficult because we have limestone the river disappears at one point you know you can't really yeah. plant trees on on limestone <laughs> pavements yeah um yeah, you know yeah. so it's, it's all very um, weird and wonderful here with rivers mm. popping up and going away so um yeah different projects it's don't work in different places you know yeah, yeah, and that's it. We, like EPA and ourselves have this uh, saying: the right measure in the right place, you know. Right. Um, and it's it's trying to identify that. Um, it, largely, sometimes in 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 karst landscapes or landscapes where you have uh, groundwater, sometimes the best thing is to do not to do nothing in them, you know, uh, and and to let nature, you know, uh, uh, do what it had been doing. I suppose that's what the 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 burn life project has been successful you know it's, it's kind of re-established the, the previous practices uh on the the karst landscape you know uh the way the people have been farming for generations um yeah, so, yeah absolutely. It's, it's a trick it's a tricky one the karst yeah, yeah it is a tricky one and um, do you have a book you'd like to recommend to the listeners um, I the one that I that I read was um, now it's not really great for the Irish context, I suppose, but it is it is inspirational. What can be done, you know, uh, in the um, I suppose they we're talking about adversity, and I suppose Isabel Trees Wilding um, yeah. on the yeah. Nip Farm. Yeah. Uh, I, I just for I suppose uh, people who like they, they didn't really have the ecology background, or they didn't they weren't you know experts or whatever, but they 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 seen that. Their, their system of agriculture was fortunately not the way to go anymore and um uh through you know i suppose the last resort they decided to rewild the whole whole farm and and the multiple different benefits that came off that so it's it's a very inspirational book and um it's it's something that i i learned quite a lot from you know um yeah yeah uh, in it's, terms a, it's a great of, yeah. book isn't it and I mean, it was a risk. They had no data to go off. They really didn't know what they were doing. And it's been just yeah. such a monumental success. And uh, yeah, and, and I copying, suppose... like you've got now got Randall Plunkett up in Meath, um, yeah. rewilding yeah. his yeah. estate. And, you know, it catches on then. And, and I suppose they kind of changed the, um, 
the way the agencies uh, dealt with these kind of projects in the, in the UK, uh, they were able to show them that they, you know, they've brought biodiversity back into the area, but they're also actively farming it as well, uh, and it changed the um, the, um, the the schemes in place for for the likes of them. So they now they get funding for for what they're doing. So it was uh, it's it's really nice story and um, uh, what of adversity, I suppose, you know. Yeah, a massive, massive. And if you had that magic wand, what would you like to do for the planet? If only, if only. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's it's one one. It's a silver bullet uh, solution. Like um, I've often talked to people, and you know, you hear about why is this river. You know deterioration why is this here deterioration and it's the death by a thousand cuts you know it's the multiple different pressures from all areas of society um but i suppose one thing that we we should we we hopefully are, are changing the conversation on is this idea of ecosystem services um and when we make decisions on a catchment scale or on a on a land management scale that the multiple benefits from uh, a healthy function catchment such as clean water uh you know uh the the men- mental health benefits that we were talking about earlier on um you know the the commerce and tourism benefits that they are uh, considered uh at, at a wider scale uh, and that we now have tools such as environmental net gain and uh, um, uh, biodiversity net gain and uh, the in case project that's working in an Irish context to, I suppose, uh, bring this all together and for uh, uh, planners and developers and people, a, a pair of B, I suppose, to, to identify that there's all these multiple benefits in terms of um, uh, biodiversity and ecology working together, you know. Putting a value on it that isn't actually monetary, but they can actually see the real value of, of exactly. things. Yeah, 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 yeah wonderful. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else you'd like to say about your work or your projects, or point us in the direction of your websites? But anything else yeah. interesting that's going on at the moment? Well, I suppose we we've we've uh, I, I touched on the river basin management plan, so that's that's an avenue where communities will be able to have their say. Um, what we had prov- hoped to do was have one in each uh, municipal district. Um, now it probably will be done through Zoom, so maybe if people keep an eye out on that, if you go to lawaters.ie, you'll be able to find out about future events. You can also click on our, our virtual consultation room because we're living in a virtual world these days. Um, and you can see all the maps and presentations and, and information on the river-based management plan. Uh, and, and we'd like you to have your say, really, uh, and input on that. And if anybody has any uh, queries or questions on it, you can give me an email. At, uh, my email address is on the website, so you can scroll down to all the different community water officers and, and see which one is, is relevant for your area. Uh, I cover Galway and South Piscaman. My colleague Rory O'Connor uh, covers Clare, Limerick, and, and North Tipperary. So some of your listeners might be listening in from, from Clare. Um, so uh, check out the website, check out what we do, maybe come to one of our, our next events. Um, and apart from that, you can join a group. There's lots of our community groups, tidy towns groups, um, different groups that are, are crying out for help and volunteers. So if there's anybody with an interest in water and biodiversity, I, I'd suggest you join a local group. Mm, really great thanks so much we'll put all those links in the show notes and the website and the email address and everything and i hope to get kieran on um to explain how we did the actual citizen science water testing 
um, on, on the course. So hopefully mm. he, he'll be able to come on and, and do a little bit on that because it's that was great fun and very interesting. So thank you so much, Connor, give, giving a voice for the waterways and we'll keep in touch. And if there's anything mm. going on, we can put a little notice on the podcast as well, just to get everybody involved. And as you said, start the conversations. Great. It was a pleasure, Mary. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Nature Magic. We have exciting news this week at Borough Nature Sanctuary. We have submitted planning for five off-grid eco-cabins. Beautifully designed to have no impact on the landscape, we hope Galway County Council will grant approval. There have been a number of hoops to jump through to produce an acceptable application, and there will probably be a few more, but cross fingers for a positive result. Please subscribe to the podcast and write a review to boost our ratings. Thank you.